Ask Aubrey is supported by Underclub. I'm going to be really honest with you, and I'm going to tell you that previously, I was the type of person who would shop for my underwear mostly at like Target. And I'm talking basics, neutral colors, nothing exciting, got the job done. And no shade to you if that's you. Sometimes that's still me, right? But my life was changed when I discovered Underclub. Now, what Underclub is, is a luxury underwear subscription service. And so what you do is you basically set up a profile, you take a style and size quiz, you let them know, you know, do you tend to like solid colors or neutrals? Do you like high waists? Do you like thongs? Do you like things that are a little more see-through? Do you like things that are a little more solid and not translucent? And what they do is they will curate a monthly subscription for you where you will receive a certain number of sets of bras and panties, just underwear, whatever you want. And Underclub will send those to you curated by a stylist based on your specifications. You can either shop with them that way or you can look through their entire catalog of really, really cute pieces. They have some really amazing stuff. I have some of my very favorite underwear from Underclub. It is a package I look forward to in the mail every single month. They have sizes ranging from extra small all the way up to 4XL, so pretty good size range in there, and I really, really, really recommend that you check them out. So if you do, you can actually get $10 off your first shipment from Underclub when you use code Aubrey. So that is $10 off your first shipment at underclub.com when you use the code Aubrey. I'm Aubrey Henderson. I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week, I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, welcome to this week's episode and also welcome to the new year. Happy 2022. I'm so glad to be back here with you after a nice little break for the holidays. Um, Today I am actually going to answer a question that was sent in on Instagram. So I will just start by reading that. Uh, So this person says, Could you talk about teaching someone to fulfill your love language? I often wonder what to do if I ask for my love language, but then get told by someone I love that they won't give it to me. I had a best friend who I asked to validate me more. I wanted them to compliment me like once a week or at least once every two weeks. But when I made that request, they got mad and have intentionally been avoiding trying to compliment me since. And I don't know what to do. I think most people would feel pretty offended if they were in my position. So I'm happy to talk about this. Um, You know, this is an interesting one. If you are not familiar with love languages, this is a concept um, that was popularized, I believe, by um, Gary Chapman in the 90s. Um, The book is called The Five Love Languages. If I don't know if that's something that everybody is necessarily familiar with, but I know it's something that it, that is 
you know, widely popular. And it's basically this notion that, you know, people express and give and receive love in different kind of forms or, you know, as this book calls them, love languages. And so the five of those, and I'm doing these off the top of my head here, I believe are acts of service, uh, words of affirmation, physical touch, um, gifts. I think there's a different like wording or title for that one, but it's, it's to do with gifts. And then the last one is quality time. It's funny, I always list that one last, um, which which has more to do with my story <laughs> related to love languages than anything. But basically, so what each of those are is acts of service is basically, you know, some examples would be like doing a task for somebody or taking care of something for them that, you know, that they... they might be stressful for them to take care of. So you're taking something off of their plate or you're showing care by by doing a task, taking care of something, acting in service to that person. Um, words of affirmation is, you know, literally words to affirm a person, which sounds like this person's lo- love language who sent this in to me, right? Af- talking about wanting to receive compliments or receive verbal affirmation. But, you know, this is somebody who experiences love by, you know, having somebody say, I love you or name things that they appreciate about them or express that in words, right? Write them a letter, write them a poem, whatever. Um, Then gifts, obviously, you know, somebody who expresses or who experiences love through gifts, through, you know, finding the perfect thing that, you know, is exactly what they would want or something they would never think to get themselves, but is like, just like really, you know, the perfect thing. That is, that is how some people, you know, really experience love or express love. And remember, this is all like in both directions, right? Some people would experience love in one way, but maybe express it in another. Um, Okay, so what have we talked about? We've talked about acts of service, words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch, So that one's pretty straightforward, but, you know, people who really love to be hugged or kissed or experience, you know, that physical closeness and show or experience love in that way. And then finally, quality time, which is to say somebody who, you know, really just wants to spend time with the person that they love. And that is part of it, whether that's doing an activity and spending intentional time together, whether that's just being around each other, uh, quality time. And so those are the five Um, and you know, again, this is not to say this is like a perfect science, but this is when people are referencing love languages, this is typically what they're talking about. And I think for this person, this is what they're talking about. And so part of the idea of knowing and understanding love languages is to be able to, you know, understand how you most comfortably express love and affection, and also to understand how you and then how the people you love most like to receive it. Because, you know, let's say you're in a relationship with someone and their love language and the way they express their love is through quality time, but you don't receive love best in that way. The the way that you want to receive love is through words of affirmation. And so your partner might think, oh, we hung out together all day and that was really great and I showed a lot of love in that way, but you didn't really, you know, talk about specifically how much they care about you or you didn't hear the words I love you from them. And so to you, if your love language is words of affirmation, that might not have felt like as much of a fulfilling day for the relationship. And so part of it is about understanding how to, you know, get to the bottom of what your what your own love language is and of the people you love so that you can better express your love to them in a way they can receive. So there's the like two minute download on love languages. Now what this person is saying 
is, you know, really asking for a way or some advice on how to ask for your love language to kind of be understood or ask for somebody to express love in your love language. And what's interesting about this question is that this person actually, I feel like maybe did this, right? And it's, you know, it's very specific, right? They say, I had a best friend who I asked to validate me more. And then goes on to say, I wanted them to compliment me like once a week or at least once every two weeks. Okay. So, I mean, this is a, it's a pretty specific request. You're pretty clear about what you're asking of the person. And I do think a lot of the time, I really encourage people when they know what it is that they want from someone they love or when they know what it is that they need or desire, that they express that as clearly as possible, right? Just being direct with people about what you want and what you need from them is really important and is often the best way to go, right? And so I think in a lot of ways, what this person is describing is really good, right? They knew that they wanted more and it's, they didn't name words of affirmation, but that's what I'm picking up from wanting to be complimented, right? You're wanting to hear that validation from someone who's important to you. And they express that need to this person who, you know, they describe as being a best friend. Now, I actually don't think the error in this is, is how this person communicated it. Now, if I, maybe if I had more specifics, maybe I could offer some feedback, right? But I think generally, if you know that something would make you feel really loved and appreciated and you can express to the person that you love, hey, if you did X, Y, Z thing, that would make me feel so loved or that would make me feel so appreciated or it would mean a lot to me if you X, Y, Z and you fill in the blank with whatever that looks like for you, right? And maybe the love languages are are kind of an inroad to understanding what those things might be for you. Maybe you know exactly what it is that you want to hear or receive or experience from a person. But often if you're able to name, hey, this would feel good for me. Hey, this would mean a lot to me. Hey, I would really appreciate it if you could blank. That usually is a great place to start. And that feels super vulnerable, right? It it can feel really vulnerable for a lot of reasons. It's putting yourself out there. It's describing a deeper desire for closeness. And there's always, you know, I think sort of the fear for people of like, what if I look too needy? What if I look crazy? And you all know how I feel. I feel like, fuck that. I think if you if you feel like you want a closer depth of connection with someone, that often what I'm going to recommend is that you name it and you put yourself out there knowing that the other person always has the option to say no, and we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, I think generally the best bet is to be transparent and be honest and be direct about what it is that you want. And I think, you know, one thing I will say is I think of what a lot of people will say is, well, if I have to ask for it, it means less. I just, and y'all can't see because this is a podcast and this is only audio and not video, but I just rolled my eyes so hard they might have stuck. I really fucking hate the idea that if we ask for something we want, then it means less when we receive it. And I get that sometimes there are things that like you want to be able to describe it and ask for it once or twice. And then the person will begin to understand that like, that's a thing you need consistently and that hopefully you wouldn't have to ask for it every time. But I think this idea that we are going to find people in our life who can just intuit our needs and read our minds is such bullshit and it keeps us deeply unhappy and you know searching for this you know 
idealized perfect relationship that I don't think exists, frankly. I think sometimes people can sort of sense what it is that we need. Sometimes people understand us really well on levels that, you know, feel sort of transcendent. That's great if that happens. I think that's wonderful. I do not think that that should be the standard. And I think that we all need to get a little bit more comfortable expressing what the fuck it is that we want instead of telling ourselves that it somehow means less if we have communicated it explicitly. So if you are struggling with that notion, if that is tripping you up, that if I have to ask for it, it doesn't mean as much. Fuck that. Let go of it. Just for a second, just as a thought experiment for this conversation, (laughs) just let go of that for a minute and get comfortable with the idea of asking for what it is that you want or what it is that you need. It still means something. If you make a request of someone and they're willing to fulfill that request, that still has meaning. That means that that person heard you. That means that that person wants to do something that will feel good for you. And that means something. So I'll step down from my soapbox with that. And I will say that it sounds like this person did that. You know, from what I can tell here, this person was direct and said, hey, it would mean a lot to me if you would offer me, you know, words of affirmation in this way and about with this frequency. Frequency And this what happened here is, you know, as this person says, when I made that request, they got mad and have intentionally been avoiding trying to compliment me since. And I don't know what to do. So the important thing for us to remember here is that we will sometimes do this thing. And especially if we are people pleasers, if we are, you know, codependent in any way, if we struggle with our own worth, When we make a request and the other person does not make that request, we make that mean something about us. We make that mean something about the request. And we tell ourselves, "Mm, maybe what I asked for was unreasonable. Maybe I did something wrong. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. And again, for this person, I don't know the full context of your relationship. The only person who could really tell you why this friend sort of seemed to move away from you after this request. The only person that could tell you why is that friend. But I can also tell you that this person not wanting to indulge in your love language does not mean that the request was wrong. I'm going to say that again in a different way. If you ask someone for something and they aren't able to give you that thing, that doesn't mean you were wrong to ask for it. And I think we have this thought error a lot of the time that tells us that like if there's a mismatch or if there's something that is like not quite right in a relationship, that one person has to be wrong in their perspective and the other person has to be right, right? And we we see where this comes from, right? We have like a very binary way of thinking about things and that, you know, everything's a competition. Somebody is always wrong. Somebody's always right. There's always someone who's good or bad, better or worse. And so when we have needs that are at odds, right? Or when we have needs that are expressed and the other person isn't willing or isn't able to step up and meet those needs, we tell ourselves, well, someone's got to be wrong. And some people take the perspective of, I asked for something, they won't give it to me or can't give it to me, so fuck them, they're an asshole, and they're a bad person, and they don't love me, they don't care about me, they're terrible, right? We make the other person wrong. Then there are some of us, 
I would include myself in this and probably many people who are listening to this podcast because I know a lot of y'all are the people pleasers, the empaths, the codependents of the world. And we automatically assume, well, somebody else doesn't want to give me what I need. My need must be wrong. I must be wrong for what I'm expressing a desire for or a need for because the other person couldn't possibly be wrong. And the hard thing and the nuanced real thing, I think, is that neither one of y'all has to be wrong. You could be hurt and not have to be wrong. And I think that's what's happening here, right? This person is saying, this person actually, I asked them for what I need. They moved away from me. What do I do? That's not what was supposed to happen. And to be fair, I think that's hard. I think when we make a bid for connection, which is what you did here by requesting the way you wanted to be appreciated and loved and cared for by this important person in your life. We make a bid for connection. The goal is obviously connection, right? The goal is not disconnection or to push them away or for them to reject us. But that kind of feels like what might have happened here, that you expressed a desire or a need and the other person was put off by it. The other person was not willing to meet that need. And it sounds like, in fact, maybe distancing themselves from you a little bit. And I think, you know, you say you're not sure what to do. I think what a lot of people want to do in this situation is, you know, try to make that mean something about themselves. Well, I must have. And and that's in some sense, what's happening here. You've made it, well, did I ask about, did I ask for it in the wrong way? Did I do something wrong? And I think it can be healthy to like reflect and say, okay, what was my piece of this? Do I feel good about how I communicated what I needed? Do I feel good about how I showed up in this? It's good and healthy to take self-inventory and to have some accountability because there's always a possibility that, you know, maybe we said something we're not proud of. Maybe there's something we did that this person is reacting to. It's always good to ask yourself that. But there's also a very real possibility that this person is just not interested in kind of taking that extra step to express their love and care to you. Sometimes if somebody speaks a different love language than you do and you ask them to put in additional effort to kind of speak yours, that they're not going to be willing to put in that effort. That's a really hard thing that's a reality when we're learning to communicate our needs or communicate our desires or just communicate in relationships in any way. Anytime that we are, you know, wanting to be able to be more direct and ask for what we need and put ourselves out there. There's always the part that's like, you know, getting ourselves psyched up and saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so excited to be able to finally communicate what it is that I want. And hopefully communicating that really clearly is going to mean that the other person is going to step up and they're going to rise to the occasion and they're going to do the thing and I'm going to feel great and we're going to be closer. And obviously that's the ideal situation. But sometimes that's not going to happen. Sometimes the other person's not going to do the thing. Sometimes you're going to put yourself out there. And the other person is not going to rise to the occasion. Sometimes you are going to be brave and you are going to be honest and you are going to tell somebody the truth about yourself and about how you feel and it's going to feel vulnerable and it's going to feel scary as shit and you are going to put yourself out there and the other person is going to let you down. And that shit hurts. 
And, you know, you say, you say in what you wrote to me, you know, I think most people would feel pretty offended if they were in my position. And I agree with you. I think a lot of people would feel hurt if they were in your position. I would. And as somebody who's had experiences, I mean, shit recently in my life where I have put myself out there, where I have said, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I'm asking for from you. And people are not willing to take that step. It fucking hurts. And it hurts more because we've put ourselves out there because we've done a vulnerable thing because we have, you know, shared a part of us that feels vulnerable and, the other person was not willing to step up and meet us there. And the hard thing is it can hurt and it can be painful and it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. And sometimes people do shitty things and sometimes people do make harmful choices, right? But sometimes people just aren't willing to love us in the way we want to be loved or the way we need to be loved. Sometimes people just aren't interested in the the things we need from a relationship, And the hard balance is that when we can't make it mean that, you know, they're a shitty person, our instinct is to make it mean that we're too needy, that we're asking too much. And I would beg you not to do that. In this situation, that is the thing that I think is the most important for you to take away from this, is for you to recognize that you did a fucking brave thing. You asked somebody to express love and care for you in the way that you best receive love and care. You had the self-awareness to identify that. You asked someone for it, and it sounds like they let you down. I'm really sorry. That sucks. But that doesn't mean that what you're asking for was wrong. And anyone who's listening to this, who has had a time in their life that they have asked for something from somebody, and that person was not able or was not willing to meet that need, that does not mean that your need is wrong. That does not mean that your desire is wrong. That doesn't mean that the way that you want to be loved by somebody is wrong. Nobody has to be wrong. It can still hurt and nobody has to be wrong. It means that you are practicing, expressing, what you want, and what you need. And sometimes we practice that in ways that we fall on our ass or really that other people kind of let us fall on our ass and it hurts and that is information for you about your relationship with that person. That is not a failure. That does not mean you asked for it in the wrong way. And I think if you're looking for, you know, just to give tangible tips for anybody who is like, okay, Aubrey, but really like, if I want to ask for somebody to show me love in my love language, what do I do? I think the things I would say are like, recognize moments that somebody, that this person who you're asking this from, recognize moments that they have already expressed love really well to you in your love language. So saying like, hey, you know, noticing moments when it already organically happens. Like, hey, when you, you know, um, when you said this thing to me yesterday that I've just still been thinking about it, that really meant a lot to me. And I just want you to know that like, it feels really good to me to hear those words from you. Or, hey, when you, you know, 
asked if I needed anything from the grocery store yesterday that just like it it probably felt small to you but that really meant a lot to me and that just it sh- really shows me you care or you know I love the way that you hug me you know like nobody's hugs feel better than yours I love being hugged by you or you know anytime we get to spend time together it is so special and like I want you to know even if we're not doing anything or talking about anything just getting to spend time with you means so much to me right starting in those moments that are just organically really really naming when those things happen and when they feel good and not letting those moments just pass by not assuming that that other person knows what that means to you but really getting clear on like hey this happened and I don't know if you know this but that means so much to me right and then when you're asking for more of it just being direct about that recognizing that You know, yeah, there's always the chance as evidenced by, you know, what we're talking about here, there's always the chance that the other person is not going to be able to, you know, step up their words of affirmation for you. They might not be able to offer you more quality time, but it cannot hurt to ask for that. And any relationship where you asking for, you know, your, your, preferred love language or, you know, asking somebody, wow, I'd really like if we could spend some more time together or asking, you know, hearing words of words of affirmation and encouragement from you means so much to me. So if you could like do any more of that, it, it would really mean a lot. If your relationship can be permanently damaged or broken by a request like that, I have questions about that relationship. I have questions about whether that's a relationship you want to be in. Because the reality is a relationship that is worth its salt is one where you are going to be able to communicate this to the other person and they're going to be grateful for the information and the instruction manual for how to love you better. Because that's what you're giving them. You are giving a person really clear step-by-step instructions about how to make you feel loved. And somebody who is invested in their relationship with you is going to be grateful for that information. That doesn't mean they're always going to be able to execute it perfectly. That doesn't mean that, you know, it's not kind of an ongoing negotiation. All relationships are. But it means that they're not going to just shut it down. They're not going to avoid it. They're not going to, you know, outright reject you. So all that to say, I want the person who wrote this to know that you deserve someone in your life. You deserve multiple someones in your life who see that the way that you receive love language is the best is for, you know, through words of affirmation. The way that you receive care is through somebody giving you compliments or encouragement, right? And maybe it's that you find relationships where you can just bring up the topic of love languages, find out what other people's are. So you can learn more about the way that they receive love best. And it becomes sort of like an organic topic, you know, that you're, that they're asking you, well, what's yours, right? How can I love you better? Make it something that, you know, you both are talking about and that you both are reflecting on and, you know, use that as a way to introduce it. But I hope that there are people in your life who are not going to respond that way, who are not going to respond by sort of avoiding it and rejecting it because you deserve better. Anyone who's listening to this, you deserve to be loved in a way that feels good for you. I hope you believe that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, 
and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty bad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babe.